wasn't even like it was close. It was a landslide victory. Game. Blouses. Welcome to another episode of the Game Blouses podcast, where there are two NBA teams now standing. The Golden State Warriors and Boston Celtics. Uh, I've seen comparisons on Twitter to the Trump versus Hillary election um, in terms of choosing what side you're on. Uh, I would say that's moderately accurate. Um, maybe a little bit of maybe a little bit of hyperbole. Uh, but nonetheless, it's going to be a good series of basketball. There's going to be a lot of really interesting storylines to follow. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of Game 7 stuff. We'll preview the finals a little bit. Um, but I'm here with Carl Baltimore, a.k.a. Districts of District. Not multiple districts. Not district multiple of Buckets. Points. Carl, how are you feeling about the finals? Uh, I'm excited to finally get around to the finals. It's been a hell of a year in the NBA. And having the Warriors and Celtics don't love it. Um, more so because I, I, I have personal hatred towards the Celtics. And then also the, uh, you know, just, you know, I, I so I love the Golden State Warriors, but, you know, a lot of people just don't like seeing that, uh, that di- no, part dynasty uh, pop up there. But uh, it should be a pretty good series. Um, just kind of looking forward to some surprise names popping up, um, making, you know, making a big difference and just kind of looking into the reasons why, uh, like some the ball may bounce certain ways in the series. If I said before the season that the finals would be Celtics Warriors, like, would you have been surprised or like, maybe not surprised because we knew they were both going to be good. I mean, honestly, like the Celtics, they were like hovering around the middle of the playoff picture in the Eastern Conference until they really turned it around to January. But if I told you, like, at the beginning of the season, November, even into December, like, hey, this finals are going to be Warriors-Celtics, like, what would you say? Because the Warriors were pretty easy to predict at that point because they were the one seed in the West and they looked unstoppable. But the Celtics, it was more of, ah, they got a lot of things to figure out. Yeah, if you would have told me that I would have said Celtics, no way. More so, I didn't see them getting past. I thought I, th- I still thought it was going to be Milwaukee in the East, which me too. Barring a Chris Middleton in- injury, which like severely hampered what they could do on offense, um, I still believe like talent wise, like that team, you know, with another score would have been it. But I would be like, yeah, you're crazy for the Celtics. Warriors could have made a, a push because. Personally, like, I, I don't know if I've done it on this show, but I've been, like, a big proponent of, like, when Clay Thompson went down, I was like, I don't really think that, like, they're done because they, one, freed up a bunch of cap space after, like, losing KD. They were still good without Kevin Durant. It's like, only have a couple young pieces that come up here. Like, they had James Wiseman, who hasn't even played. So, like, not counting him as someone, like, obviously. Isn't that but, insane? Like, yeah. I feel like that's an underrated aspect of the Warriors. Like, their number yeah. two pick last year still hasn't played a single minute. Yeah, so, like, outside of, like, the flashes that we saw there, I, was, I would assume that, oh, yeah, like, maybe he'd get healthy and things like that. Like, not seeing it the way that, you know, obviously it happened with, like, Jordan Poole being the guy that took that step. Uh, the mitten, Gary Payton, uh, the second out here. Um, you know, like. Overachieving. Least, yeah, so I, I, like, I could see it, but the reasons why it's panned out have been completely different. Gary Payton might actually play game one. Yeah. Which, which also, would be huge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's going to give you the ability to defend multiple positions and uh, be able to spell some starting players. And 
also be able to guard some really good pieces that the Celtics have. I think the other thing too, um, no way, no way if you told me in December that Al Horford was going to be a major part of a Celtics finals run, I would have slapped you upside your head. Um, the Derek White acquisition was always interesting. I think it definitely proved to be a positive um, for Boston. And it just, it's still stunning to me. Like I get Monty Williams won coach of the year. He deserved it 100%. I think he, he was my prediction, but my pick would have been Udoka just because mm-hmm. I think that midseason turnaround was just an unbelievable coaching job. And he essentially took players that were run back so many times before with more of a skeleton crew off the bench than they had a couple of years ago. Um, and, and the heights that they're achieving, I mean, just especially on the defensive end, I'll keep beating a dead horse. Uh, it's honestly incredible. Um, let, let's go back to game seven a little bit because that one was up and down and it was all over the place. And it, it came down to a final front rim shot by uh, <clears throat> Jimmy Butler, but lots of, interesting things to follow there he came out incredibly flat at home in a high stakes game Tyler Hero non-existent um impressions of game seven that got the Celtics there all right so I want to first step out and say this about the reverse uh Max Drew's three um mostly for the people who always love to be like oh well if he made that three we would have been up X amount of points. That's the dumbest shit. I've like ever that's seen. one of the dumb. Like every time that there's a call like that, any sport, any game, everything that happens after that is completely different. Like there's, you can't take that away. So and then try to say, well, if this happened, if that happened, well, it didn't. They still have chances to win the game. So I really have one no sympathy for people with that had to start off with, had to start off with that one first of all, um, and then just kind of seeing where, like. Just kind of the, 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 like, what happens, like, when, you know, superstars go cold, like, for even, like, small stretches, is like, how, like, you know, like, this team is, like, how both teams in the finals, for the most part, are very, very, very superstar heavy, kind of showing how the, I mean, most teams, the teams who get to the finals always are, but it's kind of seeing how, like, the league has changed in such a way where you have, like, kind of these, like, 1A, 1B, or, like, either like duos and kind of like, you know, throw a little bit of like a, like a surprise third guy in there uh, that's been spreading out. And it shows that like, you have to do so much to make this team like not affect, to make whatever team in the finals right now, like not effective at all on offense. Um, and then also on the defensive side, showing just that they have just pieces that you can throw at multiple different types of like offensive players. Like there's, you have to have everything now. Um on top of like, you know, on top of your superstars to be able to get this far. And it's shown that like, we're moving away from kind of just having like, you know, that one person, like everyone's building that team to stop that superstar. Um, like that, you know, like that one man wrecking crew, like as you can see how the, the Warriors were able to go through and give up some pretty big games to Luca and just have it not matter. Also kind of doing what the Suns did successfully against them, which was let people not name Luka Doncic take shots, except they made it in that series. Um, so that's what I have for, uh, for those two. And then even further, um, I kind of want to go back to the Derek White thing, which is one of the most slept on moves near a deadline that I've ever seen in the NBA because of it, because of the simple fact that it just allowed someone who knew their role 
like Dennis Schroeder, actor Schroeder, like I love, I love Dennis, man, but like you did not need another like score first mentality guard on that team. And all they did was get a guy like, yeah, he's going to know his role and score when he needs to. And like that changed the entire makeup of how like they were able to put their lineups out there the entire season. So that really propelled them. I think it made uh, Udoka's job a lot easier having a guy like that on the roster. And so then you see what he, what he did after that. So kind of rambled a bit there, but that's kind of what I've gotten from, uh, you know, for these two teams going forward. Going back to your point about the Struce three, that was so underrated worst fan base on Twitter is like heat Twitter. It's, it's a really dark place to be. Um, and the, like this idea of like, Hey, this game should have been different because this, this guy who clearly was out of bounds, like it, that gets called 10 times out of 10. Like it doesn't matter what point of the season it is. It could be game 40 of the regular season or game seven of the Eastern conference finals. Like that's going to get called out of bounds every single time. Like this, I, this, this whole concept and, and notion of, well, this game could have completely changed if, if this was, if this call was reversed. Well, the game also could have completely changed if the Heat didn't look like they were sleepwalking in, in the first quarter. And going back to Derek White, yeah, he only had eight points in the he only had eight points in the game. It wasn't like he was super like wasn't like he was Superman, game seven hero, Kelly Olynyk type beat, but he was a pretty decent factor in that first quarter. Like he came off the bench and provided instant offense. He was a swing player in that first quarter. And that was the quarter that ended up deciding the game. When you go back and look at the grand scheme of things, because the heat charged in late, it ended up being a couple possessions and the team that came out first ended up winning. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I told myself before we started this pod that I would not slander Jimmy Butler because he did actually have a pretty good, like he had, he was, he was fine in the series. He was fine in the series. But my complaint with the Heat all along, regardless of Jimmy Butler, it just doesn't matter, is that their top-end talent isn't good enough to win a title. Like, they're eight, nine guys deep, and that's great. Like, they have a lot of guys that they can rotate in and can give you buckets, and, and that worked in the regular season, especially when they had injury troubles at the top with Jimmy. They actually were able to, to recover pretty well and win a lot of games but the talent just isn't there. Uh, Jimmy Butler is, is good. Um, he, he proved to be really nice in the playoffs. At the end of the day, in game seven, he went one for four from three. He just his, his jump shot is not reliable enough to be able to take you over the top and hoist the Larry O'Brien. Um, Bam Adebayo was in and out the entire playoffs. When you look at the Heat three-man lineups, he was incredibly useful uh, when he was on. The Heat were unbelievable when Bam decided to show up. And especially, in, I mean, he, he showed up in game seven and that's when the heat came back. Um, but you look at the sixth man of the year and you look at how he pretty much disappeared off the face of the earth. Going back to the three-man lineup stats, I actually love net rating from three-man lineups because it just, it, it really is able to tell you who some of the more important pieces are on the team. Obviously you have to filter by minutes because uh, Kyle Lowry had an insane net rating uh, with like playing six minutes with like Max Struess and Victor Oladipo. Interesting combo. But um, when you filter by 100 minutes, which is I think a pretty fair statistic throughout the whole playoffs, 
Tyler Hero isn't in a single three-man lineup in the top 14. You just can't have that out of someone who put up one of the best six-man seasons ever, probably. Um, he just has to show up. You have to have a scoring punch off the bench. And for him to go non-existent, um, that speaks volumes. And there's, there's talk about – there's not talk. There was a rumor, a message board rumor of like, hey, what if the Heat acquire Bradley Beal? Uh, you know, maybe this is the offseason to, to consider trading Hero. Me personally, I would not make a move for Bradley Beal through the Miami Heat. That's a full, full disclosure. I, I, I just don't think that that's a move that, that makes a whole lot of sense. But, uh, you know, maybe it, is, maybe it is the year that you examine moving Tyler Hero. There was some friction with Butler early on in the season. And if you really want to try and make a run at this thing with Jimmy, I don't know. I think you maybe dump Hero when his stock is really high. But it's hard to do that when he's coming off a sixth man of the year. So I completely understand that. When you look at his scope of work in the playoffs, you have to be able to make an impact when you're on the floor. And that just didn't really seem to be the case. Yeah. I uh, completely agree with uh, the sentiment towards Tyler Hero there. Like, he is definitely someone that needs – that needed to, to show more. I mean, he was banged up a little bit, but still, you know, like didn't he see. Was. So was Jimmy Butler, though. So was Jimmy Butler. That is the thing. Also, Jimmy Butler, I'm pretty sure I think the game before he was, I want to say it was like four of eight from deep when he won. And so showing like the the, the Jacqueline Hyde of what his three-point shooting can do, especially like, because he, I mean, he has the confidence. I love the shot personally. I don't care if you're shooting poorly. Like you take that. I mean, he is a guy who, has a very similar career three-point shooting numbers to uh, to Kobe Bryant. Fun fact, but different, different, different players here. Different players. Here. I just want to throw that one out there just to see what the reaction was. But di- different players. How many, here different how, I, the one thing I would say is how, how many contested. How many times would Kobe Bryant punch himself in the face if he took four shots from three in a game seven? Hundred times. <laughs> no. But um, yeah, no. But all, also at the same time, it's like. He's not shooting open threes like that. Um, so, um, but I had to throw that one out there. Um, also wanted to add to, um, you know, to Tyler Hero. You also have Duncan Robinson being completely, un- like, like you can't, like, unusable, unusable um, going forward because you can't guard anybody, which is just terrible. Like, his, they paid all that money for him and then found out in the playoffs that he's probably an 82-game player, not a 16-game player which just sucks the premium they got him for. Maybe some other team could find a way to use him. He might be someone that I think might be on the move because I, I do think his shooting is useful for teams that need a guy night in, night out to get you there. But we've seen now offense, like they were like anytime he saw the floor on, on defense, like the screens were coming to like the screener was going to be his guy. Like they were looking for every switch they could get on him and just taking, you know, just, just destroying the confidence of one of the best shooters in the league when he's on um, and then just making it completely unplayable is just something that was really big for every single team that played the heat, but also, you know, having to keep them off the floor was, uh, was big for, uh, for that Celtics series as well. Um, and then kind of moving forward from the heat and just kind of more towards just the finals itself. It's kind of what I'm looking for defensively out of, I want to say something quick about Duncan Robinson first. Oh, what at the very what like mark my words at the very least there will be a report that links Duncan Robinson to the Lakers because I know for a fact that Rob Plink is going to do that same dumb shit again this year where he goes yeah we have a defensive minded head coach so um, I'm gonna 
acquire a bunch of players that are revolving doors on defense, just different ones, um, but can shoot the ball and that LeBron can kick it out to. And so, like, mark my words, there will at least be a report of Duncan Robinson getting interest by the Lakers. I I guarantee it. Yeah, probably. What was that? The Lake Show Yo tweet. Yeah, exactly. Or um, yeah, or silver screen and roll, or like Laker film room, or or just like, yeah, Lake Show Yo. That would be that, that would probably be, sounds like words coming there. Um, but also looking forward towards the game tomorrow is kind of some of the biggest things that I'm looking forward to. One, it's seeing what you know, um, Celtic side. I'll go Celtic side. Now I go Warriors. So I'll do like two things. I'm looking for both. So Celtic side, I'm looking one. Um, defensively what happens when someone or who get depending on who gets hot if someone gets hot um for the Warriors like obviously worst case scenario for every team in the league is watching Steph Curry probably make his first couple shots like what happens there when you you know you've got the defensive player of the year you've got all these other bodies that you can throw at them and, you know, he just starts off hot. Just going to see how they would adjust to that and seeing, like, is it a different look that you might give him? Do you give him someone taller? Like, what do you do? And then from there, it kind of opens up um, opens up the rest of the game, you know, for the Warriors there. If Steph has, like, if, like it's, a, it's a first quarter. It's a first quarter thing to keep an eye out for. I know, like, games, you know, you got to play the whole game. But a lot of this, you know, if it's going to be a close series, which I think it is most games, a lot of that is actually decided by the way, like, you know, teams start in the first quarter, because that's what most of your adjustments, the rest of the game are going to be made out of, made, you know, going to be made from. And so, you know, like if the Celtics can, you know, hold strong in these first quarters, I think that they have a shot, you know, like that, that's their best thing. I think they have to win most of these first quarters in, in the series because Warriors coming out of, coming out of breaks, coming out of halftime, that third quarter, you know, or, you know, historically a great team. Like the Celtics themselves, you know, I've had, you know, some pretty good, um, you know, some pretty good games that coming out of the break and making adjustments. But like, I just know, like, if that's your, if you see your biggest fear happen in the first quarter of game one, like your whole series is in danger. And then on top yeah. of that, offensively, curry hunting, which is one of my favorite things to view in the playoffs. Because, you know, we had, um, like the Grizzlies did a bunch of it. And yes, like, you know, Steph was able to show up that one game get that strip on jaw um in that series but in general like this is probably one of the teams that is you know you really can't hide Steph Curry from the Celtics and you know like taking advantage of those opportunities maybe getting him in the foul trouble is is the best thing to start breaking it down then you start worrying about the other guys but that those are my main my big things for them and then switching to the other side um number one is which big name or which non-big name is going to show up for uh, for the Warriors on offense? Because these schemes are built towards. Would Jordan Poole count? No. <laughs> Just someone he should have won Most Improved Player, so I, he doesn't count for me. It's non, yeah. So you know, I actually do think if he gets, yeah. So like, like what's up with Looney? You know, like. Andrew Wiggins Finals MVP. Andrew Wiggins Finals MVP plus thirty three hundred. Um, we're starting the campaign starting the campaign that's that's where I've got there but like seeing like you know what's gonna happen with Andrew Wiggins on offense um I want to see what's up with Kevon Looney mostly like you know, interesting seeing just how important Al Horford is 
um, inside, especially there's some huge rebounds at the end of game seven. I don't know if people really like paid attention to how big that they were like game clinching series, clinching rebounds by Al Horford, just winning time basketball. And, you know, like between him, you know, just the length of the, of the Celtics, like they can go, they can get after the boards. And I think that they have, they might have a better chance on the, uh, on the boards than, um, I mean, I have a better chance that they might outperform um, the Warriors on the boards, depending on what Draymond decides to do, um, along with some others. But you know, like, like those those smaller names, like, are they going to show up? And then uh, also going defensively for them, what happens to them if your worst case scenario, Tatum and Brown go hot? I mean, that then they're torched. I mean, like, that's going to happen like, in one game, and it's going to yeah. be a twenty ball. Yeah. So like, do they have a, like, do they really have an answer outside of that? Cause if those, those guys are both on, there's really not much yeah. else you can do, but pray that your offense is, is better that night. Yeah. It's not happening. I mean, I, that's kind of, I mean, my mind goes to the, I mean, it's interesting you bring up Looney cause that's kind of where my mind goes. There's really three things for me in this series. One, uh, I, I really hope Curry pulls through and just shuts people up. I mean, it's just it's time to start putting some respect on the guy's name, even though he hasn't won a finals MVP. So I hope he goes nuclear for a few games. My question is, is that going to happen Two, Robert Williams? How is he going to be used and will he be healthy? Um, I think he's oftentimes I mean, he's probably been the biggest X factor to the Celtics success this season, at least in my opinion. Um, again, I've, I've kept beating the drum that he's probably become the or one of the best defensive centers in the league. Um, and the Kevon Looney thing is interesting because how is Robert Williams going to be utilized? So we and saw what are the different boards, right? <laughs> Game seven. Yeah. And, and what are, and what are the defensive looks going to be that the Celtics are going to throw at the Warriors? Like in a perfect world, you play, a, the, I mean, the Warriors are going to play a perimeter oriented game. And like, how is Robert Williams going to be used? Are they just going to anchor him down in the post and just wait for a wait for drives? Like, is, are they going to throw? Are they going to play some drop? Like, doesn't really make sense to play drop against the Warriors, though. So, like, how are they going to utilize Robert Williams? Because he's too good and he's too effective to just sit on the bench. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not Stephen Adams. They're not going to just throw him on the bench for the whole series. So that's kind of another thing that that my mind goes to. Um, and then, you know, like Andrew Wiggins, like, does he keep this up? He's obviously going to be defending and not even Andrew Wiggins. I think the broader point that I'm trying to get at is how are the Warriors going to disperse their defensive resources? Like you talked about Curry hunting. Um, who's Clay going to guard? Who's Wiggins going to guard? I mean, I, I mean, you think that Wiggins is probably getting matched up on Tatum. Um, but how do they manage the switches? Are they going to switch? Um, you know, I, that's obviously something that we'll, we'll probably have to keep an eye on. I mean, Clay has been a step slow since he's come back, but he showed in the Grizzlies series that that he can play some defense still. He's a sol he's still a solid defender. Um, do I think he's going to lock up Jalen Brown? Absolutely not. But um, it's just the idea that you have a plus defensive player, in my opinion, still and. How are you going to use them? So, yeah, how are the, how the Warriors defend the bigger wings of the Celtics is, is is going to be a fun thing to watch. But 
Um, I think the bigger thing is, is Robert Williams on the other side. Like, how is he going to be effectively utilized? Because if he's not on the floor, I, I, it's not even like if he's not on the floor, they don't win this series. But, I mean, he's just been such an X factor for the team that I just feel like you, you have to find a way to use him effectively. I mean, you, you need to find a way to maximize his minutes because you need, you know, you need to, like him and Horford, like it, they have to coexist for them to win the NBA final. Yeah. You know, that's like, been you the recipe. Yeah. Like, whatever the situation is, like, moving around, like, see, that's the reason I say, like, maybe grid for Looney, like, Looney minutes. Love saying that. Looney minutes. But um, good for Looney minutes there that you might have a guy like him in battle on the boards. Um, I mean, we can overanalyze it as much as we much as we want to, but it's just kind of, like, it's, you know, the, the basics of basketball or where it's, you know, there's like these series or one where it's like, who's going to get on the boards, who's going to do like the little things like one get and make their free throws as well. Like this is something I expect, you know, as I said, like I expect, clo- I expect close games regardless of how many games the series goes. Um, you know, like my, even my, like my game one pick is 107, 103 Warriors. <laughs> That's what I have for game one right now. We'll see what happens. Um, lock it in um but um yeah i'm just kind of like yeah there's like there's so many different layers to you know you know what you're looking for for uh for these teams but um coaching kerr Ridoka, who maybe got? danny Ainge wasn't an idiot like an idiot like everyone in boston said i mean hey shout out to boston's last title being the reason they got the picks to win this one potentially it's true Get I mean, ready. hey, yeah, the, the KG Paul Pierce send everybody to the Nets, man, get all those picks. I think was it they, two of them turned into Tatum and Brown. Mm-hmm. Tatum drafted by Danny Ainge, Brown drafted by Danny Ainge, Horford originally a big Dan, like had Danny Ainge as a big fan. Robert Williams drafted by Danny Ainge in the twenties. I mean, this team is just loaded with players. He has his fingerprints all over it. Um, and Boston wanted to run them out of town after a couple of underwhelming years, or at least yeah. in their eyes, after they made the Eastern Conference Finals, got bounced, and then came back and didn't meet those expectations. Um, you can't deny his impact, and, and and Brad Stevens, maybe he's better suited being up in the front office anyway. So uh, definitely some interesting things to watch. We'll get a little bit of a sample size these first couple games. Uh, Carl, let's do it. It's the best time of the year. We said it for the playoffs, it's the best time of the year. But it's final season now. It's where it all matters. Let's go. Let's do it.